Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody, we are actually live, and today is... Coming, coming, and loud, loud, and clear. Like the brain, everyone's attention. All right, everybody, we are actually live right now, and we have Lisa Alamode here. Um, that's her IG name. Um, Lisa is a wife, a mother. She's a full-time content creator, and she goes under the brand name Lisa Alamode. And on her blog, she talks about trending topics, beauty, fashion, and lifestyle. And she also creates natural hair and beauty and video content on her YouTube channel. So um, I also have here my co-host, PJ. Say hey, everybody. Say hey to everybody, PJ. Can you guys hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me, PJ? I don't know if she got connected, but Lisa, I definitely want to thank you for taking the time to um, come in and chat with everybody. And um, we were definitely interested in hearing more about your blog and the content that you're putting out. So um, if you want to share a little bit about how you got started, that would be excellent. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I started, it's, I, and it's funny because I always, I, I, I always consider myself as still so much of a, of a, I know I'm not a newbie technically, but I still feel very much like a novice at times. And so I started five years ago. My blog is Lisa Alamode. Is I started in 2014, but I started creating video content in in 2012. So I started creating video content in 20 in 2012, and that's really where I started. At the time, I had just moved. Um, I got married and just moved from New York. Um, to Massachusetts where I was raised, but I had been gone for years. I went to grad, I, I, you know, from undergrad, I went to, I moved to New York, went to graduate school, met my husband and all that. So I hadn't been back in some time. And so, um, you know, I just, I wasn't at that time, I wasn't employed. Um, and so I just started watching YouTube videos. I wanted to, I started getting into makeup especially right before I got married, I started getting more into makeup as well and wanting to learn how to apply it. So I would see these girls and I'd be like, well, I can do this. You know, my makeup's always cute. Everyone always compliments me. So originally, I mean, your makeup is on fleek for sure. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't know. It wasn't that great then. I've, I've learned a thing or two. These girls who do, you know, these makeup artists that are on YouTube are killing it. They really do teach you a lot. Um, I mean, so at that time, <laughs> what's that? Oh, yeah, I know for sure. So that is really where I started at that time. And then it, it, to think that it's now developed into something that I'm doing full time is kind of crazy because I really didn't have that in mind at the time. It was like, oh, you know, maybe I can get some, um, some free makeup. Maybe I can get some bundles. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. That's what it was. Um, but your vision kind of started but, off in a whole other direction. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was really, like, it was nothing but, I, you know, I didn't have a kid yet. I, I was between jobs, and it was just a creative thing to do. I mean, my under, my master of fine arts is in creative writing. And at that time, what I was supposed to be doing was working on, you know, I went to, I got my MFA at Sarah Lawrence College in New York, and, I had started, I've been writing this novel because when, when you're getting your, you know, you do your dissertation, you essentially submit what, you know, either a full novel or a big chunk of a novel. And so when I was between, right. when I had moved, when I had moved here, I was supposed to be <laughs> working on my novel because I was between jobs and there's only so many jobs you can apply for in a day. 
And instead of doing that, I just got sucked into wanting to start wanting to create content. And, you know, it was just an easy, for me, I thought it was going to be an easy thing and a distracting thing to do. But then I, I got a job maybe about two or three months after I started. And I found myself even at the job still being really, really um, just my mind was there. It's funny because my first, <laughs> my my business card, I created business cards so early on. So somewhere in the recesses of my mind, I must have always known this was going to be something bigger than it than it was because I created business cards. I had only done this like a month or two. I had my little business cards. I wrote on the business card that I'm a consultant. I didn't even know what I was going to be consulting in, but I'm like, oh, I'm a consultant. I can consult in some fashion. I can maybe whatever. And here is, and this is the story that I always tell because it's it's important because it's a it's a really big. And am I taking up too much time? Sorry, because I know you had questions. I don't want to just keep. No, you're good. I mean, it's very okay. interesting because I mean, you know, I mean, just for me starting with my brand, I truly understand because we're like kind of finding your way. You're like Velma without wearing glasses off. You're like searching, searching, and you kind of know what you want to do. But, you know, you're still kind of trying to find that place where you want to put your feet at and kind of stick to the ground. So I can totally oh, understand what you're saying. Absolutely. So, I, so it was around, I want to say March. Was it March? Yes, March. March of 2012 or 20, 20 March, right? So it's March. I had just, just launched at this point, I did have, this was my first blog. This wasn't Lisa Alamo. This was my first blog, which was called Beauty on the Cheap. I mean, it was a mess. Anyway, so I had a little <laughs> rinky ding blog. I had my little business cards. And I was so proud of myself. It's funny because I kind of miss that because you're, it's so new. You don't have the stress of, the stress, <laughs> the stress I have now. Um, you, you don't have that and that. It's just exciting, and you'll tell everybody, and you just don't think any, you, you know. So here I am. I had worked in New York in, in education basically my entire time in New York. That was eight years. So now I've moved to Massachusetts, and I worked for the same company for the majority of my time in New York. So I was very – and working and at that company, everybody knew everybody's everything. Like one of my – and this is relevant to the story. One of my bo- my, my boss – her daughter was a, is a music, had a band, and we would all go to the daughter's shows. We sometimes we go to each other's houses for dinner. It was very much a family atmosphere, and so there really wasn't anything that you did outside of work that you couldn't share because everybody, as long as your job was being done, nobody cared. You know, <laughs> nobody cared. And you know, and so I didn't, I didn't know what it was like in the real world, because that was, that was the only professional experience that I had. So when I get this new job, it's also an educational company, a for-profit educational company. I, I get this new job, and I'm, I'm, like, so comfortable, and this is how naive I was. I'm so comfortable, and I'm telling them. Like, one of the girls who worked there, she had a blog, and she monetized her blog, so we talk about it, and I show them my little – I think I gave my subordinate <laughs> – um, I gave him, I call him my support because he's relevant to the story too. Anyway, I gave him like my little business card that I had. And I'm again, and when they hired me, I even had the blog as on my LinkedIn. So it wasn't a secret. Like they knew I made these videos. They knew, you know, there was nothing that wasn't, you know, but again, I, even in, even though I had, of the business card, I still didn't, you know, I didn't see it as like a business, you know, it wasn't like that to me. Long story short, I've been, I was at this job and I, um, I started moving up very, very quickly. I got on really, really well with my direct supervisor within like a month there. I had already moved up and got, she, I, she gave me my own office and started sending me on meetings by myself, like representing the company. They sent me to some meeting in Connecticut like, it was, you know, meeting with the directors of, of some private schools. Like, I was moving up quickly, but then I had this person who um, had been there. He was, uh, from what they told me, he was he reported to me. But I just kept bumping elbows with him. Like, he just could not, he could not, and I came in with 
six years of management experience in for-profit education for the for for the biggest for-profit educational company in the country, the oldest as well. And he didn't have any of that experience and was just seemingly really intimidated by it and just really would not like, you know. And so I came in with ideas fresh you know for the you know this is the job you're supposed to be doing like they you you they you would think that they want would would want someone who has the experience who is competent who can manage all of these things and he just wasn't here for it he really just did not take to me and at one point my manager says to me she's like listen peter's complaining about you and i told him that you know you know, I basically took your side and I told him that this is what we hired you to do and that the complaints that you have really, really, you know, she's not doing something that she's not supposed to be doing. This is, you know, this is her job. This, You know, we want her to have these ideas. and to. So I had to have a meeting with him and say, hey, you know, just appease him. But, you know, men have a really hard time with women in positions of power and positions of management. And they certainly, as I've learned (laughs) uh black women in these offices really are met with a lot of resistance Mm -hmm. so they are you know for sure that's a a good point that's a good point that's a great point actually um sorry not to interrupt i'm back on the line now by the way (laughs) i don't know what happened we had a technical difficulty this is pj um But it's so interesting, I just want to stop right there just so I can ask a question. So interesting that you mentioned that uh, I actually come from the for-profit education world as well, well, so I I, I totally know how that industry is. And what advice would you have to, you know, the people out there who are trying to go full-time at whatever, you know, business it is actually, just being an entrepreneur, period, um, we are kind of told to, you know, not dumb ourselves down but dull our light or dim our lights, you know, when we're in a place of business while we're transitioning from, you know, corporate America into, you know, entrepreneurship. And, you know, a lot of us do the same things that, you know, we you did. You know, we, we want our coworkers to support us and our, our businesses, and we give out our business cards and things like that. And then we're met with this kind of, like, uh, opposition or, you know, they want us out because they feel like we might be more concerned about our business instead of well, you know let me, You're gonna have to let me. You're gonna have to let me finish the story because there's oh, a okay. there's a point to it that's gonna answer that. Okay. So here we go, and it's like so. I got hired in March. I started moving up, got my own office, all of these things, and then I started getting this resistance around early May from Peter. I'll just say his name, Peter. <laughs> and um, <laughs> two weeks later, I was fired from the job. Two weeks later, I walked in. Wow. Um, yeah, two weeks later, I, was, I walked in and was told that um, the CEO of the company managed to find my Twitter account and saw that I was oh, tweeting wow. on the job, and they kicked me out that day. Changed the locks, I was out of there. And the oh. lesson to me was this: the lesson to me was this was a few things. Was number one, if you are pursuing something like this part-time, on the side, whatever, and you really do have aspirations of it being a full-time job, never, ever, ever talk about it at the job. Don't bring it in there. Don't anything because they will use it against you. There's no way that the CEO of this company would have ever known about a Twitter account, known to find me, nothing. You know, this is not something he would have concerned himself with. In fact, Social media was one of the things he told me he needed help with because he didn't get it, he didn't know how to use it, and I was, and that was one of the things that I was going to help them with. Um, so there's no way. And the fact that I was treated so carelessly and not even given an opportunity to say, hey, we don't and, – and the fact is it, it wasn't even true. I was using a scheduler at the time because mm-hmm. you could schedule out posts on Facebook. So it would mm-hmm. automatically syndicate to Twitter. So all of these posts that he so-called thought he saw were just syndicated tweets from Facebook, from scheduled posts. But regardless, um, when somebody likes you and wants you at the job and trusts you, because people make mistakes and do stupid things at jobs all the time. You know, this is not something that I should have been fired for. This is something that should have been a conversation. Cut it out, do it again, and you're fired but it shouldn't have been an immediate, you're out the door. But it was an immediate out the door because of the way it was presented, and I had somebody gunning for me. So people don't like to see you in your element. People don't, 
especially a business. You know, this CEO is being told that, hey, somebody's doing something on your company time, you know. <laughs> they, they're going to freak Peter out. Was they have to we do just don't keep it real. Peter was reaching to get you fired. Peter, Peter was hating. Peter was not trying to speak. You know, Peter was not trying to answer to anybody's uppity Negro ever in his mm. life. And mm-hmm. he was an incompetent. He, I, they complained about him. I don't. The first day I was there, the girl who hired me to, as her replacement told me all up and down how she was going to fire him and how she was a mess. The CEO complained about his messy, like just he, the, the the screw ups he would do. An absolute incompetent, funny guy, chubby, round, roly poly, funny little guy. You know, the office joke. Everybody complained about his incompetence and how much of an idiot he was. But ultimately, you know, that he was a familiar face. I was a stranger there. I had only been there a couple of months. And the only black employee in this company. And a woman? Get out of here. They were not here Intimidate. for it. My, my, right. my, supervisor, my supervisor stood outside with me and cried because she was so stunned. She was here for me. She was a cheerleader. And we stood outside that office crying. She's like, you're going to do so well. You're so smart. I'm so, you know, everybody was traumatized. And so the lesson is to anybody who's doing this, who is pursuing this and doing this is, well, first of all, it showed me that this, I clearly was onto something. Because if I wasn't a threat, if I wasn't onto something, then that wouldn't happen. So the universe, God, the universe, whatever you believe in, was clearly telling me that I was onto something and that's where I needed to that's what I needed to pursue. This wasn't it. I had other signs that I shouldn't have even taken this job because I did have another job offer early in my in my time there. And I didn't go. I didn't take it, I didn't go to the interview and do any of it because I said, Well, I already you know, I, you know, because you want to be loyal. You know, you just started there. You, I just bought a car. I, you know, it was, it was interesting. But to answer your question, PJ, um, if you are pursuing any of the outside things, don't bring it into your job. That's not the place where you're going to get support, and it's just not, it's just not a good look. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think anybody can use that information, not just – I know we have a lot of people tuning in who are in the beauty and fashion world, but I think we all could use that information because so many people have been through that um, in reality, and it, it kind of it, it, it's hard, you know, because you you think you're doing the right thing. You know, I'm pretty sure you were still, you know, being a great, you know, performing greatly at your job, so it shouldn't have affected any decisions made. So um, thank you for that, though. Um, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you. Um, so. Um, we, let's switch gears a little bit, right, because we know that everybody loves you, obviously, because, you you know, you're this fashion diva. You know, like you said earlier, makeup is always on point. Um, you give out great advice. And you also, you know, you, you stand up for what's right, you know, when these companies are not doing right by uh, women of color or anybody for that. You know, we know that we can always count on you to, um, you know, say something about it. So I wanted to ask, why or because everybody, you know, everybody, some people are a little bit scared in the beauty world to give honest reviews and or let these companies know when they're doing wrong. Um, what made you choose the approach that you take to doing, you know, your reviews or approaching these companies when you feel like they're not doing the right thing? Um, because, you know, transparency is really who I, like, I, I can't, not be who I am, and it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> um, and so it's just really it just my nature. It honestly, it's yeah, I can't. It's just my nature. No matter where I go, no matter what I do, in all aspects of my life, being honest is really how I how I operate. And so to to say, so I don't have a problem because ultimately. I don't, these brands are not, because it's, di- it's different for me because I'm not one of these, huge, you know, vloggers or people who are really not affiliated with. Yeah, you're not a YouTuber doing straight makeup and coming in on that. No, and so, so I don't. You don't have any loyalty really, to anybody but your no, brand. No, I don't. No, in fact, mm, okay. somebody commented 
somebody, uh, there was somebody who commented and said, hey, Lisa, how do you feel about this thing with ColourPop Cosmetics? And I was like, what are you talking about? She says, oh, you know, and it was, it was, a, it was a thing in the commu- black makeup community um, over the summer where the, the names of two of ColourPop's darkest contouring sticks you know, black women felt offended by it. The names were Typo and Doom. Yeah. And they, it, was it, was a, it was, you know. It was kind of shady. You know, <laughs> I mean, where everyone has their opinion, right? So, yeah. So it, this happened over the summer. So I responded to the person. I was like, well, I was like, you know, I, this is how I felt. But I covered this topic on my blog. And, I, you know, because I did. I, I, I cover the majority of these kinds of things I cover on my blog, if I happen to be filming that day and something's happening that day, I'll talk about it that day. But again, mm-hmm. I cover, I, I spend, you know, way more time on my blog than I do on YouTube. So I, you know, so someone commented back, she's like, don't even waste your time asking these people, these YouTubers, they sell their souls and just went on a tirade. And I was like, you don't even know me because if you knew me, <laughs> you would know that that does not apply over here none of these brands pay any of my bills and so I have no obligation to any of them to not be honest and say this is what it is in fact I think I reached out to ColourPop a couple years ago before they are who they are now to just get some samples and they were like no we're good so I really I mean I I still you know the stuff is cheap and it's good stuff whatever I'll buy it but I'm not I, I don't see they're not paying any bills. So if I felt really moved by it, I wouldn't I would under no circumstances feel like I couldn't talk about it. Um but it's also a flip side. You know, I, I'm careful in what I talk about. I don't just get on the T you know, get on and rant. I probably have only a handful of videos, I would say maybe four, where I even take that, you know, go in on or or have an opinion about a brand and how they've treated me or how they've treated their consumers. Because, you know, people are allowed to run their businesses how they see fit. I just think that we I have an obligation to the people who do subscribe to me to just to and give them information. My undergraduate degree is in journalism, so it's just kind of part of my nature and just letting people know. The more you know. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> right. I right. Like that. And you um, make your own decisions. Right. Actually, right. Well, I, I mean, that's a respectable <laughs> uh, standpoint to definitely come from. I mean, I find that to be something that's definitely commendable and something that um, people should definitely appreciate in this day and time with social media and the whole YouTube bloggers and everybody kind of just going where the um, the hype is, you know? Like, you really want people to yeah. be kind of true to the word and what they're doing. So, I mean, I definitely... Um, try to do that for myself and sometimes I mean you're not light for it and that's okay because the people who are going to follow you are going to be there regardless they're going to be there when it's sunny right. and they're going to be there when it's rainy so um, that's definitely something that I can say that I appreciate about you and your brand and I kind of wanted to um, move in a little bit about the bomb movement and um, your article that you wrote about that and I really wanted to know uh, what personally you learn from that and um what would you like to see kind of change um after after the article like what are um some things that you learn from writing an article about black makeup brands and what would you kind of like see change as far as a consumer standpoint too that you know what's so funny is I'm actually um going to do a video on this subject uh but essentially, here's here's my feeling about it. So I created it. Um, I created this list, I think, over the summer, and it was in response to, you know, after all of the the police, you know, all of the BLM stuff that was happening this summer. And it's everyone's like, well, what do we do? And I think the consensus, the black community or the minority community, has reached is is really about strengthening our dollar, and. So my thing was, well, I'm a, at that time, at that time, I was really just mostly doing beauty and fashion blogging. I wasn't really touching too much of the things that I touch on now. And so I said, okay, what can I do in this space? Well, let me let me start putting these names out there a little bit more. 
And so I did, and I and I posted published the article. I've updated it a couple of times and added even more companies. And there are a lot of companies. There really are. But yeah, because it kind of started at like thirty-two. I think it started about thirty-two when you um, first initially. I, um, no, it was like twenty. It was in the twenties. It was in the twenties, and then so and I ended up moved up. Yeah, I think I have 35 now, and I still get emails of people who are wanting to be added and things of that nature. But um, one of the things that I've learned, and not only in doing that article, but because I do have a a makeup group on Facebook that is not as popping as I'd like it to be because just simply because I don't have the time to administer it as much as I'd like. But we have a few thousand women in the group. And one of the members, who I love, is a great, great active member, posted yesterday about, um, you know, she sh- I purchased such and such from this black-owned brand, and this happened. And it was a negative experience, and we all were like, listen, girl, get your money back, whatever. But one of the other girls commented and said, you know, can we not do that? Can we not say this so-called, quote-unquote, black-owned brand, why does that even have to come into play when you're complaining? And I realized that she was right. It didn't occur to me when she said it because I've been guilty of it too. I'll be honest. I'll be guilty of it too. And, and, and I was like, you know what, you're right. Because I can't see, you know, a group of, let's say, you know, white women coming in a makeup group be like, you know, I tried to support my, my fellow white sister, and, uh, you know, I, I can't stand shopping from these white-owned brands because, they, you know, it's really, it's, it's going to be the name of the company. It's going to be, you know what, I shopped from this company, and I was not here for the service, and you guys, buyer beware. And we right. got to give some always, applause. That. Like that one definitely needs some applause because it's definitely something that we all have to <laughs> yeah. be better about. <laughs> we all do it. You don't even yeah, realize. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we all you don't do it. <laughs> and we have got to change the narrative. We have to remove, and it's honestly the the challenges that any small business owner faces, you know, we, you know, we, you know, it's customer service. That's the bottom line. It's always customer service. Stuff ain't right. The tone, whatever, fine. But this is something that people generally work through as long as they, they'll work through it. If the, you know, as they get, they, they will hear the complaints, they will see the money go down and they will make strategic changes if they want to stay in the business. And so we, on the other end, need to, if we're going to support, we go ahead and support. If we find that we're getting bad service from a brand, let's just call them by the name, this one brand. But let's not, because the more we keep saying, I want to support black-owned businesses, but we have just got to remove that from our, from our language because we always go in and we're skeptical of one another. You know, we are skeptical of, of of shopping from one another. Well, have you tried? Have you tried? Have you vetted? Have you vetted? But do we have that sort of skepticism with brands that aren't black-owned? I know personally of a really – this brand is now great now. It's huge. Um, it's doing really well. It's still a small business, whatever, but they're doing really, really well to make a company. And I know that they, this company kept their identity and themselves – in, on the back burner for a really long time. It, you wouldn't have known it was a black-owned brand. I mean, you could have digged and found out, but a lot of them they kind didn't of hide that. On front street. No, 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 they didn't because this is the, the, there's this there is a stigma that we ourselves have placed on our own. You know, because he, as I think about, because I'm Haitian by nature, you know, my 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 background Haitian. I couldn't even see myself saying, you know, I try to support Haitian businesses, but I can't, you know, I don't even, that wouldn't even occur to me to do that, to be honest. <laughs> like we might make fun of the, the, the customer service ain't being quite right. Cause I know I've seen some videos of um, people, people are being a little bit more candid about the customer service you, re- you receive in Caribbean restaurants or Nigerian restaurants, or whatever. And we make a joke about it, but I couldn't see myself, saying that even about my own culture because you just know it looks bad it, it feels wrong to even you like you yourself are betraying your own people by saying it 
So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to keep belabor. I won't belabor the point, but I do want to actively um, do better with that for sure myself. I agree. Right. I'm taking the pledge, too. Uh, that's a notable <laughs> point. That's a notable point right there, for sure, because I see it happen a lot, and I do kind of think it's a bit unfair to kind of, you know, put the label up there, like you said, call them by the business name. But, I mean, we're kind of snowballing the cycle even more when we continue to keep doing it. Right. I agree. And, you know, believe it or not, I don't. I have the same kind of realization that you did after the bomb movement. I do notice that a lot of people have because now we have knowledge. So I thank you for that because as a as a pro makeup artist, a lot of times our go to is you know we go to name these Nigels and we get the Cryolon and the Graftopian because that's all we know. That's what we see in the pro stores. And as a result, I was able to find companies. I think that's even how I found uh, your company. Samantha, and started supporting you. And I did notice that we did kind of rise up and we did start supporting each other more, but then I started seeing the Facebook statuses of the complaints and the black-owned business. And I think it hit me at one point, too, and I I did kind of go in on, you know, my sorority sister, we're still good. But I did go in on her and I said, can you please stop every post? You make sure to emphasize that this business is black-owned. I said, but when you complain about other businesses, because she complains about everything. And I said, when you complain about other businesses, I don't see you say this white-owned or Latino-owned business. You just say the business name. And I said, keep in mind that a lot of not just black-owned businesses, but with entrepreneurs, you know, we're bootstrapping it. You know, we might only have a team of one or a team of two. And so, you know, while a company might have a corporation, they have a logistics department and all these things, you know, I'm shipping, I'm customer service, I'm the creator, I'm the manufacturer, I'm everything all by myself. And I think maybe I know that because I'm an entrepreneur, but just seeing all those complaints Most made me quick in and just that. start informing other people, like, keep in mind, I, this may not be an excuse for bad customer service, but maybe if the service is a little slower, keep in mind that we're supporting an entrepreneur that may be a solopreneur, and they may not have the team yet, but let's keep supporting them as long as they're willing to apologize and say, I'm sorry about the full service or what have you, let's keep supporting them so that they can build that team so that we can have two-day shifting, you know. So I think that was just something that's really important. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad that it was brought up. And so I hope that um, we can all just lead by example and be the change when it comes to that. Because if you think about that's it, right? Definitely, like yeah, if a, if a, that's, a, that's, that's true. That's a good point. This is a good point. And I mean, because I, I can come in from the standpoint of being in that position. And I mean, a lot of times you just don't want to get into explaining everything because people just aren't going to get it. So you just kind of learn and you keep it moving, you know, and grow from the experience. I mean, some people are willing to do that and some people are not, you know, but those are going to be the people that are going to be. Um, there for the longevity of their brand, you know. I mean, you kind of learn from it. You see what people say, and you grow from it. But, you know, you just can't spend so much time explaining, you know, just every single detail. (laughs) So people will get it, and then some people won't. So um, it's just definitely You're right. Sorry. It's okay. Go ahead. But I think it, it, it ultimately reflects poorly on us because if you think about it, whenever there's a, like, we've, and we've seen them, right, where we've even, you know, on social media, we talk about, like, if a black man says, you know, I can't stand, you know, I tried to date a black woman, but I, I can't stand, you know, and we all would be like, what? You know, if you've had negative experiences with, you know, these three women and now, you know, that's your experience with those three individual women, do not you look crazy, you look like you hate yourself for you to be saying that and, and painting all of us with the same brushstroke. And I think it, it's the same with this whole, uh, you know, black-owned business rhetoric that we all kind of perpetuate, which is negative, and it, and it makes us look crazy, I think, <laughs> because these are our own people, and we, we're, we're, we, they have the rest of the world not rooting for them. If anyone needs any, and I, this is not to excuse poor customer service because you don't stay in business if you, you don't get it together, you know? 
So this is not to excuse any of that. This is not to say that they that we should then continue to buy from them. If you have a negative experience with the company, by no means are you under any obligation to continue to support them, regardless of race. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think we just have to be careful with with the with the words we use to describe those experiences and just leave race out of it um, for our own sake, because we want other people to come in and do well, and they can't do well if we. We've spread the word that you shouldn't shop black. Mhm. Yeah. So true. So true. Um, I'm so like I'm so glad you brought that up again. Um, because I know we weren't planning on talking about that, but that is something that we seriously need to work on. Um, but again, let's, I do have a couple of questions that are people have a few questions about, obviously. A lot of us out here want to have successful blogs or, you know, successful following. And, you know, of course, everybody wants to make a little money off of it, but I do think you have to love what you do. So um, let me ask you this question from the perspective as just a viewer. What do you want to be or what would you consider, you know, a good blog? Like what elements, you know, and it doesn't matter what industry, but what elements would you like to see as a part of a blog that would make it, you know, um a blog that you would hit subscribe to? I think, so one of the changes, if anyone's been following me now for the past, I want to say six months, although my layout doesn't reflect it, the layout is something that I'm I'm, at, I'm working on changing um, in March. So next month I'm going to have a, a, a new layout for my site. But the content for me has changed to include far more than my own personal style, my own personal makeup choices, although I still include those things because I love that stuff. That's for me, is not where <clears throat> the money is, I'll be honest. Um, if, you look at, if you look at the blogs, like, let's just, just go on your Facebook feed, not your page feed, but your personal Facebook feed. And if you have a, an audience, if your Facebook friends are mostly, you know, black people your age, and in fact, they don't even have to be, I mean, whatever. People, if they're around your age, where are they sharing articles from? Where are you constantly seeing articles being shared from? And I, and I can name them for me. I can name them off the top of my head where are the articles coming from, the majority of them. And all of those sites, if you go to them, they all include a variety of topics. It's not just any one singular thing. So even if you are a personal blogger, what is to stop you from sharing an article about, you know, I don't know. I mean, think of something that, that, that you know. Your favorite food. Your <laughs> right. Yeah. Sometimes you kind of want to have a variety of everything when but you're blogging. I, I think that's but a But it's not necessarily your favorite food. It could be something like you just have to have a different approach to it, right? Because, for instance, I have a favorite – I have a lipstick that I love, you know. I have a red lipstick that I absolutely – I'm making this up, but get, there's a point to this. I have a red lipstick that I absolutely love. Rather than me just, just write a blog post of pictures of myself with this one red lipstick, the blog post that I created was 10 red lipsticks that look fabulous on women of color. And I went around, I found pictures of women whom I follow on Instagram. I cited them, linked back to their pages, linked the name of the lipstick. That was more attractive to people than seeing the one lipstick on me. That, so you have to understand that people want to see themselves within your content in some way. And so you, it's really about knowing your audience and giving them more of what they want. And that is something that you just have to you work on every day. I mean, I, am, I literally I have a Google Analytics app on my phone. So if I'm not at my computer, I'm tracking analytics every day. I'm seeing kind of what posts do well, what posts don't do well. And you just don't, the ones that aren't, don't do well, you don't, you don't continue to do them. Um, and so, you know, I have an article that I posted, which was about, I, I, you know, I saw it on Essence about this girl, a story about this girl who had freckles, who, um, was, was teased for having these freckles and now she's a Ford model. So I looked her up, found more information about her, found pictures about her. And I, I wrote the post. Essence doesn't own that news. Why can't you do it? Why can't you share? Because ultimately, a lot of these artists, you're going to see them everywhere. You're going to see it on Bossip. You're going to see it on Love B. Scott. 
You're going to see it on Madame Noir. You're going to see it on – everybody circulates a lot of the same content, but you can do it too and put your own spit on it. Nobody owns news. You, of course, you link back to the sites that you've got the information from, but I say this to say is that these are the kinds of sites that are being circulated a lot. They are including a lot of topics, and it's not necessarily a personal blog. And I think – those are far more successful or have an easier time of gaining success and traction than the personal blog. Yeah, I agree. When you're kind of stepping outside and seeing what other people like, and um, I definitely have to do that, I mean, with cosmetics, because I had to kind of broaden my mind to not only think about my complexion, but to think about the palest of skin tones to the darkest. So, I mean, you really Mm -hmm. got to kind of yourself to do that and not just think, oh, I like red lipstick, oh, I like um, gold eyeshadow, but to get that reach, that's definitely where it's at. So um, I definitely think that's a great point for anybody who's trying to do, you know, expand their blog. Right. And it's titles, too. You have to think about your titles. You know, know, I get a lot – I. I listen, BuzzFeed has the whole title game down, okay? They really do. And so I see BuzzFeed titles, and it really helps me to, and that helps people to click in. People are more likely to click, for instance, I I do have some contributors to my blog, and one of them did a review of these new Becca Cosmetics products. Now, the title of the blog could have been, uh, you know, Becca Cosmetics filter primer review. Instead, the title I chose was these three, because it was three products together. These three products promise to give you selfie perfect skin without the filter. And people are going to click on that way more than they're going to click on the generic review of such and such. So there's a, there, there is, when I'm telling you, Blogging is very cerebral. There is a lot of thought and uh, consideration, and there's a lot that goes into creating a successful post um, that that resonates with your audience. But it starts with knowing who your audience is. Who are the people who are coming to this blog? And once you know from a demographic standpoint, so you know their age, their race, you start to figure out, okay, I know what we like. You know, for me, it's black women who are in their 20s to 40s, okay? That's me. So I know what we like. I know what we're going to be attracted to. I know what stands out to us. I know what gets our, grabs our attention, and that's the content that I put out. And in, in the middle of all that, I throw myself in there, knowing that the posts that are of me and my makeup do not do nearly as well as the other posts. And that's okay. Right. I mean, you still want people to know it's you. You know, I mean, I put a post on, I'm sure you've been following on the Fox Trot page, which is new, you know, and kind of the content that's been kind of being pushed out there. And, you know, I kind of did want to throw a picture and say, okay, this is me behind this. You know, I mean, you don't want to overwhelm the people with that, but you do kind of want people to know, hey, this is me. Um, I'm doing this and kind of give people the opportunity to see who's actually, you know, putting out the content that's there. So um, I did set the timer for an hour, so we have about 16 minutes left um, into this. So, Lisa, okay, um, well. can you tell us a little bit about, um, before you go, you know, before we wrap up and stuff, um, a little bit how – You've got the name. I'm curious about how your name got started on um, IG. I'm a little bit curious about how you came up with your name. Well, it's not it's not too exciting. <laughs> My first name is Lisa, <laughs> and um, a la mode is French for in style, and I'm Haitian, so it just it just went you know Lisa a la mode, Lisa in style, <laughs> and my Facebook, <laughs> I mean my Instagram, because in because I know like fashion is attractive. So that's what you'll, it's, it's interesting. My content varies across different platforms. If you follow me on Instagram, you're going to see a lot of fashion with some makeup and hair sprinkled in. 
Um, but my blog content is totally different. And, um, you know, YouTube is just kind of, it's, it's more, it's hair and it's hair and makeup is YouTube. I don't really do too much with fashion on YouTube. So it's different across all, all platforms, but um, because I did start as a beauty and style blog, it just kind of made sense that I was Lisa in style. And I'm trendy. I like, you know, I like trendy clothes and stuff. So that's all. Okay. And I mean, real quick before you go, uh, speaking of your clothes. Sounds like, hello? Hello. Can you hear me? Sorry, it was a little low. I can hear you. I'm here. I can hear you. Okay, awesome. Okay, really quickly. So, um, yeah, our, a lot of our listeners want to know about your personal style, just maybe some of your favorite places to shop or how you piece an outfit together or, you know, what's the process for you? Um, so I'm really cheap with clothes. Like, <laughs> so I really, everything is super affordable. So it's like, it's Forever 21. It's She Inside or it's called She In Now. Um, some of it's Charlotte Ruse. It's really Forever Twenty One is Bay. That's really you know Forever Twenty One yeah. Boohoo. I, a little bit of Zara. A, you know Zara's more expensive, so I, Zara's only like maybe a couple of times a year for me. But um, a lot of things I get from Forever Twenty One Boohoo, ASOS. Um, uh, Charlotte Ruse, really trendy. I'm trendy. I, I try to not be trendy, but the older I get, I'm still trendy. So <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Um, <clears throat> so that's generally it. And in terms of kind of figuring out, because I am trendy and I do follow the trends, like, you know, right now it's New York Fashion Week, so I'm going to be looking at what, you know, although I'm not going to New York Fashion Week, I'm going to get all the style recaps, so I'll see kind of what's on the runways and what's coming up and what to expect. Um, so I kind of know, like, okay, what's still – and it really this year is the same as last year for, <laughs> for the spring and summer in terms of the off-the-shoulder, ruffle sleeve, all that stuff is still coming back, which is fun because I got a lot of that stuff last summer. Um, so I just generally be trying to – term- and I also – I like color. Even when I try to just, I, I t- I'll tell myself sometimes I'm just wearing all black, and somewhere in the midst of this black comes out pink shoes, leopard print, blue. Wh- somewhere there's color. If it's not on the clothes, it's on my face. And I do think that comes from my background, just being, you know, Caribbean. I mean, although I was born and raised here, but I think of, you know, when I, I see myself kind of as a reflection of Haitian art, because that if you've ever seen any Haitian art, it's super colorful. It's just really, really vibrant. Vibrancy and color is really, really big. Um, and so I always somehow, in the midst of things, always manage to find something that's colorful. Even if it's soft and muted, there's always color somewhere. Right. What's your beauty must-have right now? I'm definitely interested to know what is your number one top beauty product that you're loving so much right now? Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, so I just skin. bought. Okay. Oh, where do I Make begin? How do I? Care. Okay, so, <clears throat> so um, for skincare, I'm still kind of going through it. I, I, I do, I, I'm on a prescription for my skincare, which it's Retin-A. <laughs> Folks want to know. That stuff is bomb. Um, Retin-A is the prescription that I use for my skin. But um, for makeup, now this isn't, this is, oh, gosh, who do I? So uh, Juvia's Place eyeshadows, absolutely love how soft and pressed they are. Highlighters, um Highlighters, period. I'm just, just give me, give me all the glow. Anybody's glow, give it to me. I, yes. I did, just, all yeah, I did. Give me all the glow. Give me all the glow. And I got it definitely <laughs> back in. I got a lot of stuff. I'm still going. I took like a hiatus from makeup. I really did in terms of makeup content. And I, I literally just started getting back into it because there's a lot I want to dip into. Um, love liquid lipstick, of course. But there's this one color that I kind of, um, it's a it's a nude lipstick that I just think looks great, great, great on my skin tone. And um, it's by Urban Decay. The number is 913. Um, they used to have it, 
in their they, they, they re-released it in their new liquid lipstick formula. I don't know if they have it in their stick formula anymore, although they did, but it is the perfect nude for women of, of my skin con- complexion, I would say, and, and certainly there's women of color will, will enjoy it. It's just a really, really pretty color. So you put me on the spot. I, I don't know. You know I love too much. I, I'm, I, I can open a store. I can open a store. I can't even think. I mean, it's hard to, to narrow it down to just one product. So that was the on-the-spot question. Um, but yeah, um, 10 minutes down into the show, and um, it's definitely been a pleasure um, talking with you, Lisa. You definitely came with a lot. Like, I definitely um, – learn from the whole situation which you kind of getting into um, how you got started with your blog and kind of being pushed to doing something that was your calling without you knowing about it was something that I think a lot of people can relate to um, being in that situation because sometimes you just don't know where you're going when you're doing something. You just kind of go with the flow. So I definitely love your page. Um, you, hear, you see me hitting the love button a thousand times on both pages. <laughs> and um, I hope everybody kind of got some information um, that was useful during the show that they can kind of take away. And, um, <clears throat> PJ, did you have anything that you wanted to say to um, kind of wrap up before we left? No. No, again, just wanted to thank you for being on the show. I learned a lot. I learned some things that about you that I didn't even know. Um, you have no clue how similar <laughs> my story is to yours. So um, it just was inspiring for me personally, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate as well. So I thank you for just being open and transparent and answering the questions and uh, giving us your time this evening. And we um, look forward to seeing more greatness from you. Well, thank you. Is there? Do we have time for me to just offer one more thing? Of course. Yeah, we do. We got about um, eight minutes in, and um, before you end off, I wanted to end on a positive note, and I was going to do like a quote from somebody else. I've been sharing quotes on the page, and I'm going to be real quick with this. But um, the quote that I wanted to end was one that you put on one of your pictures, and it was, be kind to yourself. And I kind of wanted to leave that with everybody. Um, I wanted to kind of end on a positive note before you wrap up. I'll just let you wrap up um, for the last couple minutes. But that's something that resonated with myself and something that we all should do. So I definitely found that to be inspiring. So you can take the rest of the minutes to end however you choose. Oh, okay. Well, yes, you do have to be kind to yourself, certainly in this industry, because you will find yourself, even I'm guilty of it, comparing to so many other people who are doing a lot of what you're doing. Um, and so it is really difficult to kind of, kind of, you know, question yourself and doubt yourself and feel like you're not doing enough or you're not being as great or you're not living up to your potential because this one or that one is doing so well and you feel like you're not doing so well. So sometimes you do, even that was for me, that was the day that I was feeling that way. I was like, I need to stop and be nice to myself (laughs) and tell myself some good things. So affirmations are really a big part of, of how you, you know, of, of, of being an entrepreneur because you, the self doubt will kill you. So you really do have to affirm your strengths and your talents once a day, at least. Um, just to keep your spirits up. But the other thing I wanted to talk about as well is I just figured that people who are listening here might want to know how does somebody monetize a blog full-time? Like what is, how do you, because it's a question that I don't think a lot of people are really honest about or transparent about. I'm very transparent about. In fact, when I invited people to come on this call, because I did send an email out to my list, I, I included, if they couldn't make the call, I have a blog post that's called um, you know, my life is a full-time blogger, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I'm very transparent about it. So I did want to just tell people exactly the way in which you monetize a blog or a brand like this um, so that you can be, you can do it full-time. Um, so for me, the primary way that I monetize is through advertising. Really, that's, and it's a few ways, there are a few different ways of advertising. One is a physical ads on the blog. So if you go to the blog, You'll see I have a lot more ads on there than I was 
maybe a year ago because last year I was doing a lot more consulting with small business owners, so that was my primary way of monetizing. But since I switched over from that to blogging more, um, that's the number one way. So when, people, when you go to websites like, you know, Madame Noir, I said that name a few times, or, all these, or any other popular Blavity, any of these sites, you'll see ads running, Bossip, any of these. And that's how these people are paying their bills. That's how they keep the lights on. So they can be annoying to see, but just click out, click out the box. <laughs> and because um, that's, that's really the number one way. And the more traffic you have to your site, the more you're able to join advertising companies that pay more. But the one that anybody can start with is Google AdSense. You don't need a certain amount of traffic to your site. It doesn't pay that well. But listen, if it's $30 a month, it's $30 a month. You know, you got everyone's got to start somewhere. So that's that way. And then, of course, there are the brand partnerships, the sponsored content. Um, and I do do sponsored content a few times a month. And, um, you know, brands will either will, – you'll either work through an agency because there are a bunch of agencies. We call them networks. But it's the same idea. There are a bunch of agencies or networks that bloggers join where they can get sponsored posts through them. Um, and then, of course, there are the direct ones where you yourself can approach a brand, can pitch them an idea, and ask to be compensated, and you're monetized that way. Or the brand will directly contact you and 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 pay. The challenge, of course, with bloggers is is that 90% of the time they don't want to pay you. They do want to just send you product and ask you to spend hours of your time creating content. And that's fine if, you're, if you are a hobby blogger or you've got a full-time job. I think anyone who's working full-time and is just starting to build and grow should. Why not do it for, you know, just for the product? But brands, a lot of times, they don't know the difference between you and, you know, Susie, who has a full-time job and just does it for fun. They think you're going to do what Susie does. Um, and you have to then be like, no, sorry, I have light bills to pay. Somebody's got to pay this internet that I use to upload this video. <laughs> uh, so I have to charge you for it. But I did want to just drop those out there because I'm assuming that those who want to know anything about being a full-time blogger, what it is and how you make the money, and that's how. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm sure everybody else You're does. Welcome. And the transparency at its finest, everybody who's listening, and, you know, thank you. I just appreciate you being transparent. That's so hard to find. So we just, we're, I'm really appreciating that right now. You're welcome. It Thanks for having me. I, um, I definitely appreciate you being our first guest and kind of kicking it off. And this was an awesome show. Like, I definitely um, learned a lot, and I'm motivated to keep going myself with um, kind of creating content and people who are um, willing to share information like you just did. I think it's important to kind of give back and um, help other people who are aspiring to do things. It's something that's important to me, and it's kind of why I created this, is to have a a place for people to come and kind of inspire each other, support each other. I don't want to take away from what anybody else is doing. I just want to kind of uplift um, other people and give people an opportunity to have a place to come talk about what they're working on, share information, because education is so important. Like, I mean, with the world of social media, it's important to have just another place to go where women can kind of um, support one another. I mean, we need more of that um, anytime. Anytime we need more people supporting one another. So that's kind of why I created this um, blog talk show, was just have a different platform away from social media where women could just have a place to talk about real topics, things that they're trying to do, they want to do, they're doing, and um, build together. So that's something that's personal, away from the brand, away from everything else. That's something that's just important to me. So um, thank you again, Lisa, for taking your time out and coming out. Thank you, PJ, for being here, and thanks for all the Thanks, ladies, for tuning in, and I'm going to upload this to iTunes. Lisa, tell us real quick where we can find you on social media. You can find me pretty much everywhere at Lisa Alamode. So Instagram is Lisa Alamode, Facebook, Lisa Alamode, LisaAlamode.com. That's how you can find me. 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.